Hello and welcome to the Aligned Leader podcast. I'm Daniel Jordi and I'm your host. And on the Aligned Leader, we feature some of the most cutting edge technology CEOs and digital executives in Switzerland in order to empower next generation entrepreneurs to cut their learning curve and in order to establish Switzerland as a global digital innovation hub. Welcome to the show today. Today I have Dalit Steiger on the show, who is the co-founder of Swiss Cognitive and the CEO of the Swiss IT Leadership Forum. Now, very excited to have you here, Dalit. When we had lunch a couple of weeks ago, um, it was I was very inspired because you're one of those people where um, when I when I walk into lunch or when I walk out of lunch with you, I have ten times more energy than when I walked into lunch with you. So I'm very excited to see where it's going today with the interview. And so, first of all, um, tell us a little bit more about you. So, who's who's Dalit, and uh, what's your story that got you to where we are today? Thanks a lot, Daniel. And uh, the lunch was indeed a very inspiring and and uh, energetic one. And I think this is all about bringing the energy, our passion into what we love to do. And I think that I found definitely something that is about my passion. And I am energized. <laughs> uh, my, my story is actually, I started with mathematics and information technology. Uh, and if someone would have told me years ago that this will be my focus, I would ask him, uh, did you took any drugs? because this is definitely not what I was thinking of. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the things that I really like is actually the two worlds of the analytical and the logical world and the emotional one. And bringing those together, this is what excites me. And uh, being in the IT world for years, I uh, managing the Swiss IT Leadership Forum now for almost 10 years, I had the opportunity to have the IT landscape and the aims of the IT on a platinum platform, actually, being together with the CIOs of all the big and mid-sized companies from Switzerland, um, hearing their debates, participating at discussions, and uh, seeing what's going in this IT world. And about three years ago, I attended the Gartner um, summit in uh, Barcelona and one of the topics was the um, digital employee and this made me thinking of that we really have to be careful that the IT is enabling and empowering itself to stick to the business and not to stay as a uh, uh, as a as a manager or I, I don't know um as a like a like something a like a bookkeeper actually for bookkeeper, me the difference yeah. between a bookkeeper and financial analyzing shows what a normal it daily business by focusing on servers and uh, supporting call centers first level and second level support and stuff like that then actually transferring the possibility in the technical world into the business model and make this more efficient, more interesting, more exaggerated. So this is actually what, what I was looking at saying, okay, if we don't move ourselves within the IT to do this step towards the business and actually lead the business in the tech world, 
show them what are the opportunities because we know the tax, we, we, we know the, the underlying. Uh, if we don't do that, we're going to be redundant. And as my heart is beating for the IT, <laughs> I was looking for a way how we could actually build the bridge. And I think this is one of the most important things, building bridges between the parties, uh, getting people on board. It's not about competition. It's about share for success, being transparent. So um, I was thinking of the Swiss economic system, of our ecosystem, and uh, I have two girls. And I feel actually very responsible to also make sure that they're going to have a sustainable economical uh, ecosystem, that uh, they will be able to have interesting work, to earn money, uh, to live an uh, interesting life, and to have their challenges. And I think Switzerland, we won't be able to survive by chocolate. Uh, potatoes or um, even not with uh, watches although I love the watches um, the Swiss financial place also it helped us within the last years but unfortunately due to regular regulators we won't be able to rely only on this industrial sector therefore I thought that we definitely need to build up a new industrial sector and to find where are the core competences of the Swiss people? What are our heart what is our heart beating for? What is our asset? And I'm half Israeli, so I was like looking over the water and asked myself, what is the difference? between Switzerland and Israel. Why is Israel is a startup nation? And why Switzerland is not, not yet. So in my opinion, we have the best prerequisites to be a startup nation, to get ourselves into pole position and to empower the Swiss companies to build a sustainable and uh, interesting industrial sector within the digitalization. And this is where I'm coming from saying that this digital employee just gave me the idea of saying, looking at this example, supporting call centers, most of the company are doing this outsourcing strategy, um, say mass for less, with all the respects to all the other countries like India, Romania, and so on, we are losing brain assets. We are not able to be innovative if we're outsourcing our teams to another country. So thinking of that, building a support and call center through smart technologies, the jobs are gone alternative i mean there is no alternative either it is gone to another country or to a smart technology technology sorry but the big difference is that we're building new jobs obviously not for the same people but someone needs to build and develop and maintain those systems and thinking of being able to do it export that means that perhaps the us will tell their companies hey listen guys switzerland is a sustainable and reliable hub for supporting call centers. We can rely on their quality. 
um, the data, they treat the data the way we need and must and want. So let's do an outsourcing of our support and call centers to Switzerland. So this would be hilarious because we're gaining a new business sector. We're, we're adding value to the system, to our system. Now, this is just one example why I was thinking of that actually, I would love to do a wake up call for Switzerland and actually energize them. This is probably my Israeli part that is standing up saying like, hey guys, we just have the best universities, the, the best educations worldwide. We have a sustainable political eco, uh, uh, system. We have a sustainable ecosystem. We have a dual um, education system. We're bringing the people we're supporting the people, we are open, we have neighbors who love to do business with us, we are reliable worldwide, we are one of the most innovative countries. I'm not an economist, but uh, in my opinion, we do have our chances within brain asset. We need to sell brain asset because this is what people are also open to pay for. And everything that goes into hand work is just very expensive in Switzerland. So we need to find another solution, another way. And this is one of the things what I was wanted to do, to do this wake-up call, to, to give uh, Switzerland an energizing injection. So you might ask yourself, okay, why do we need the lit to do so? We have a lot of much more intelligent people. Um, and I don't know. I don't I just did it. Uh, I just started with the idea and got the, definitely the right people on board. And I have a great co-founder, uh, Andy, who has a lot, a lot of experience in the IT world. He's a great strategist. And with him together, we started to build up this idea, got a lot of great people on board, especially from the IT, expanding now into the business globally. And this just showed me that sometimes you just need to be at the right time with the right idea, talking to the right people, energize them <laughs> so they have the, the passion to do it. And one of the guys told me at the very beginning, he said, you know what, I'm now almost 60 and I almost lost my visionary view because we're talking about so many things and we don't do because we don't have the courage to do it because we're doing POC over POC over POC to make sure that the next POC will be safe and we're not going to lose money and we're not going to fail. And then he said, and here I have a bunch of people who are visionary, who are exchanging their experience, also their failures, talking about the things that they did. And the failure is actually the next step, step in your experience. So I'd rather talk about experience culture than failure culture. And this is what we started to be able to, I think it's like an addiction. People feel very comfortable if they realize that everyone cooks with water. And here it comes, I think, the two worlds, the analytical world and the, the emotional one. In an intellectual level, we all know that everyone cooks with water, but on an emotional level, we always think, 
your water is just better. I bet my neighbor just knows it better and he is doing a better job and they have less problems. And that's not true. And this is something that I was just thinking of. Just share, share the weaknesses and help each other and don't look at it as a competition. And that reminds me of one of the emails that I got from one of the members, an FYI. Did you see that? This is a very interesting uh, event could be a competitor. And then I wrote him back, no, there are no competitors. There are just contributors. If you know these people, please get me together with them because I bet we can share synergies. And he just wrote me back a smiley. You're so right, let's do that. And yeah. I think it's just a way of thinking. It's our attitude and I think we shouldn't be I'm afraid of sharing th our thought and we shouldn't always see the other companies as competitors. Looking at Silicon Valley, how does that work? They share. I mean, if you get to the IP rights and to your USP, if you're really there, obviously you do not share that because this, is, this makes a difference. But we, we're not there yet. We're, we're, we're not walking. We're even not crawling within the digitalization. We very much. Yeah. A lot, very much interesting uh, developments, and especially in healthcare, I think there is a huge advantage. So, I mean, just, just to step in here, a couple of things. I mean, this, all of you, all of what you just shared is, I think, the reason why we connected so well. <laughs> because, I mean, the way you look at the world, I very much believe the world is an abundant place, so we should act accordingly, right? Um, and, you know, that's what you just talked about as well. And um, the kind of atmosphere that you create, the kind of atmosphere that we create in the communities and things like that is so much in alignment. And uh, I love what you guys are, have built. So just to take um, a little bit of a step back, I want to sort of like uh, move a little bit also um, uh, more concretely into uh, what's what's most exciting right now because we're just like starting already to talk about it but I want to talk a bit more concrete about um, you know this whole idea about establishing Switzerland as an, as an AI hub um, about you know this 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 entire idea of 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 you know the sharing economy basically the sharing ecosystem and things like that so let's jump right in there um, what is most exciting right now for you? What are the, are the things that you work on? Honestly, one of the most touchy things that just happened at our cognitive uh, uh, tank at AXA two weeks ago, and it was one of the first times, and we're almost one year old, so I mean, we're a real startup. We had a workshop, and people started to talk about why aren't we there yet what are the real problems by using smart technology by using artificial intelligence and then someone said in a very modest way that you know um we have a bit of a problem of the data quality and i realized that somehow he was very shy to really bring it to the point and then someone just jumped in oh yeah we too and this is such a trivial thing saying, hey guys, 80% of our problems are because the quality of our data is not there yet. Why? Because one of the reasons what we found out is because it's a lack of communication. So just to show you one, one um, uh, example, 
the guy said that they had to develop something using data from the accounting department and asked them to send them in a certain format. So what they did, they did it in low res, in low resolution, and uh, they didn't really pay attention to what they're doing because they thought that this is an occupation therapy. And they sent them the data for quite a long while. After the other team started to try to work with that data, they realized that it's crap. So the one manager went to the other manager telling him, listen, guys, uh, unfortunately, you have to rework on this data because we just can't, we, we can't use it. And he goes like, so why? And they said, first of all, it's like low, low resolution. Second, whatever, all the prerequisites that they need, all the specifications. And then the manager of the accounting told him, listen, if you would have told me at the beginning, we could have done it from beginning because first point, we did it low resolution due to server um, space. Second, we really didn't get the point why you guys need that. So we just wanted to to find to to how do you say to 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 um, finalize it very very quick, quick and dirty. That was more dirty. So <laughs> this is again a lack of communication. This is nothing to do with IT. Nothing to do with technology. Nothing to do with project managers. It's just about talk to each other. Tell them what you need for it. Don't hide anything and check your stuff very fast and rely on a, on a, on a strong and, and uh, like very, how do you say, like talk to the people very often and listen to them. So, I mean, this is one of the, one of the points that just happened two weeks ago that has nothing to do actually with the technology, but this will just help us to bring us further, to bring us into full position. If we just jump over these um, barriers, talk to each other, then we will be able to build up a hub, an artificial intelligent hub in Switzerland, because we definitely have all the prerequisites that you need to build this up. Google and IBM, they're having the research centers here, they're building up more. We have the ATH, the APFL, the IDAP, the Dalemale, all these, all these institutions. Then we have the UN who is working, who has his hub here. Uh, we just started to work together with ICT for Peace a few months ago. Uh, they're looking at uh, artificial intelligence in automated weapon. There, we need to take the responsibility all over. We have to look at the risks, we have to discuss them, and we have to turn them into chances. So I would say you're asking me like, what is the more, most excited point? It's not on a technical base, it's on a personal, on an emotional base by showing the people something that is so evident, but you have to do it. Don't talk about it. Just and do it's so it. interesting because- Sorry? It's so interesting because most of the time it is not about the technology. Most of the time it is about the person because, but you know, in this digital space, everybody almost only talks about digitalization and technology and about this tech and about that tech. But at the end of the day, really the, the, the factor that has the biggest impact on if things work or don't work is not necessarily the tech itself. Um, but it's the communication between people, the leadership style, the culture of a company, the culture of a way people work together, the, the openness. Um, 
sharing things that are maybe not comfortable share. All these kinds of things contribute to that. And I find that so fascinating and so refreshing with what you guys bring in with this because there's so many things out there that just go like tech, 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 and just shallow, I sort of say, in terms of the, the communication, in terms of the collaboration itself. And you guys just basically go so much more deep into it. And actually, you're not, you're not trying to put um, plasters on the wounds. But you're actually saying, okay, so why does a wound like that actually happen? Because maybe we can, we can remove the source so this wound will never happen again. Oh, my God. How, how, how much of an innovative concept is that? <laughs> Spot on. So and I, I love think that. What helps, what really helps these things is that we're working cross-industry. Uh, I mean, we have obviously within the same industry different companies, and there are some companies asking me, how come that I should participate if my competitors are participating? And my answer is normally you may learn something from them. You may share something with them. You may um, speed up the process within your sector. But what is much more important is that you have uh, added value to the cross-industry thinking. It's a out-of-the-box thinking. We had one discussion about huge incidents, and this was between an insurance company, a bank, a hospital, a security um, company, like security of buildings, not, not tech, and the railway. And that was hilarious. I mean, we had a discussion on sea level regarding huge incidents. And suddenly they started to discuss and say, oh, you know what? Actually, we solved that like that. We had this and this idea. And the other guy said, oh, cool. We could adapt that. We haven't thought about this way of solving a problem. And this is exactly what, why I love mathematics. It's all about the logical way of thinking. And when I started to work at the UBS as a software developer, I asked um, the HR guy, why actually are you taking the physicians and the mathematicians instead of people who studied uh, um, uh, economy? And then he said, because you guys, you know how to think and you are very analytic and you are questioning the facts and you're not coming saying, okay, my professor said that on page 230 is saying that the process must be like this and this. So we're actually quite naive. And this is what makes it much more interesting because you're challenging people because you start to, to question them things that they wouldn't question within their sector because it's evident. It never has been like that and it shouldn't be like that. Or I don't know, it's like a child. I mean... <laughs> You have yeah. kids, you know. You know? It, it reminds me of, a, of an Sorry? instance when it reminds me of an instance when uh, my wife and I were walking at the beach on vacation with her god child, and he's about five years old or something. And he looked up to her and he said, "Because we've been talking, right?" And and he looks up to her and he says, um, "What what 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 um, what is a problem? What does it mean when you say a problem? What is this?" And we go like. What an interesting question. Like, 
how do you explain that? Like now you really need to rethink like, huh, I never thought about that. And that's kind of like what happens when you bring, uh, maybe, I don't know if naive is the right word, but um, it's, you know, it's about this, you bring this um, outside perspective, right? This openness, exactly. This outside perspective into something where it's not two experts talking about something, but one guy goes like, well, I have no idea what you guys are talking about but what, or what you're really doing here. But, um, you know, and ask some interesting questions where that just stops people in their tracks and goes like, we never even thought about that. I mean, that's really yeah. when the magic happens. So I love that approach. Yeah. I love it's that. definitely the way uh, that also, I mean, people feel uncomfortable questioning things that they think, oh, actually, I'm an expert or I'm out of this sector. I shouldn't ask that because it's so evident. Um, but if you're coming from outside, then you just question because there are no expectation towards your person or to your toward. I mean, no one's going to say, oh, she's stupid because she's questioning it. They're going to say, yeah, I mean, obviously she doesn't know. But suddenly they're going to say, oh, never asked that question, never thought about that it could be a problem or whatever. And this just brings me to another point. I just I hope I'm not jumping too much around. Um, you know, all these discussions about not finding women in boards, uh, in different boards. And one of the things probably is also because we women are just afraid of like standing up and getting in a board. And on the other hand, because normally uh, people say, yeah, but we don't have enough women because they don't have the experience. That's not true. Because if you're bringing in women who, who has a certain experience in a certain um, uh, uh, field and they can think straightforward, but it's obviously a prerequisite if you want to act within the board. Then actually, this is exactly the people you can get in, but you need to have the courage to do so and say, okay, let's take someone in who has an expertise in a totally different uh, field and let her question us. I mean, it's also for men anyway. Uh, this is not, uh, I don't want to give any value on men or women we it needs to be diverse through cultures men women everything anyway but this is one of the things that i'm saying someone told me you know i would just love to have more women like you in a board and i said Phew, i can give you a lot of women around myself and myself but you wouldn't have the courage to do so because you're looking at our track record and saying like oh she has no clue about this industry so what? I might I question that. you in a different way. I might yeah. challenge you in a different way, and then you might not feel so comfortable, but it's going to be towards the goal of the company. And this leads to the next point. We shouldn't feel uncomfortable if someone questions you something like, what is a problem? And you need to tell him, oh, yeah, actually, I've never thought about that. It's It's another risk. I love that. You know, um, one one other point on that. We we should also have more children on advisory boards. You know oh, how yeah. much fun that would be. You know how yeah. really cool questions that will come up from this, and the insights and the incredible innovation that will come out of that. Um, so yeah. I love that. You know, um, and you're you're so right. I mean, with this outside perspective, it's so valuable, especially on that level, right? Because on that level, it has the biggest impact. Um, you know, we, 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 we talked about this when we met. Um, we both um, discussed this. You know, there's a reason why it's called insight 
and inspiration. Yeah, it's I not because it's coming from outside, right? It's not because an expert tells you, here's how you do it. No, it's because somebody asks you a completely random question that you were like, that you are like, this has no context at all, but let me think about it. And then something weird happens where you get an insight or an inspiration, and then you build on that. So I love, love, love that. One thing I want to talk a little bit about is what you mentioned before, Startup Nation Switzerland and Global AI Hub Switzerland. If you had to point out maybe two or three absolute keys that we need to work on, we need to develop as a nation, as a country, in order to become a startup nation and to become a global AI hub, what, what would you say they are? I think one of the very important things is the culture, um, the, uh, the culture thing that we have to do a transformation, a mind transformation, that we are not afraid of standing up and questioning stupid questions because there are no stupid questions just stupid answers as we know um, and that starts at school I mean we still have a system and uh, Philipp Hildebrand said this very nicely I think it was two years ago at the Swiss Economic Forum when he said you know we're talking about uh, industrialization for zero and if we're looking at our education system we are at one dot zero so we might are now at one dot point, uh, 1.5 or whatever, even two. Uh, and I think this is something that really we have to encourage our kids to question. We have to encourage ourselves to stand up and say, let's just try. And also, if someone says, okay, you know, I just built up three companies and it didn't work. And I'm just going to try it again. So tell them, cool, because you've learned so much that at least these errors, these faults, you're not going to do again. So this is about our mindset, our culture to stand up and say, okay, it didn't work. You know what? It didn't work. And don't do the same mistake because I did it already. That's fine. And say, thank you. And not, not going to talk to this person now because he's a loser. So we're telling our kids to have the courage to raise their hands in school and ask, but we still have teachers not supporting that. So how should the child react? How should the child navigate through its life if it's so a contrary, contrary culture between home and school or even at work? And I've just heard from a board member of one of our biggest uh, insurance company. They had a leadership workshop with 600 uh, managers and they, they did a um, barometer questioning, something like that. I wasn't there, I just heard the story. Uh, I just have to think of the question that I tell it in a, the right way. The first question was how innovative or how risky do you judge the company? And that was very low. And then the next question was how risky in innovation or something like that do you judge yourself? And now that comes. That was very high. Everyone judged himself as go for it, risky. I'm going to take that. I'm innovative. So the conclusion is that actually the management is mirroring a company. A company is not a human being. A company is 
<laughs> it's just a name for a bunch of human beings working on the same idea. So how come that about 600 people, everyone tells about himself that he is going to take a risk, be innovative, in, uh, invest in ideas, in startups, whatever. I don't know. I don't know the details. So my conclusion, and as I said, I wasn't attending it, but my conclusion is they fear the board. Because the board themselves obviously see themselves also as innovators and as uh, investors in their sectors, in their industry sector. So, so yeah, it's a bit like what you said before as well in terms of uh, my neighbor's water is better. So it's, it's, this, uh, it's this group of 600 people and it's, it seems like almost like everybody's there and looking out and they're like, oh, you know, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm innovative. Um, as a person, but you know, this guy is maybe not, or my boss is not, or the board is not. So therefore, you know, who am I to even speak up? Right. And it's really interesting the comparison there that you made before as well. Yeah. And I think this is what we need to learn to learn to stand up and also as a board member to give a chance to, to people who are thinking in a different way and not to be afraid of doing something wrong or going the, the wrong way. Sometimes the wrong way may be a shortcut because you see it's like an exclusion process. I really like that. A lot of things, sometimes I'm telling my kids also, if you don't know what you want, start to cross out what you don't want and then you might get there because it's much easier. I mean, you have a stomach feeling about what you don't want to do. So also in a process of, of innovation, uh, and it also, it's, it's a visionary view. And let's go back to, to your question. What, what do we need in Switzerland to be a startup country and to be able to build up the AI hub? As I said before, we have all the prerequisites. We have the brain asset. We have the universities. We have the schools. We have the political sustainable system. We have money. We have... Um, companies who are building up the research, research centers in Switzerland. Uh, we do have the World Economic Forum in sitting in Switzerland. We have the Red Cross, we have the UN. We are reliable, we have a great quality, um, uh, how do you say, like uh, the, the, the world is, is, is looking at us as uh, quality, Perception, yep, um, yeah. and like the um, the the brand or brand, yeah, the brand, that. the Swiss brand is very very strong. So we just need to be more to have more courage and to empower ourselves to do the steps and to support each other. And I think communication and transparency between the different industries and, and this is very important within your competitors, this will bring up us uh, much more further. I think this is like the very, the emotional stuff, not the tech, in the tech we're very good anyway. It's on the emotional, on the human side, on the share for success, what we're calling. Therefore, I'm always saying like, why wait, act now and share for success. Just do it, don't talk about it, do it. And we're sharing our use cases. This is one of the things that I'm always saying. 
I don't want to talk about AI like science fiction, Terminators, what going to be in a decade, uh, all the robots are going to take over our jobs. I don't think so. First of all, if people tell, ask me, so, what's going to be in 10 years? I say, let's take the first two and then we just have another eight and they're going to look very different to today talking about 10 years. We are adapting ourselves. We're developing ourselves. We're we're able to do so many great things if we share, and also if we share our fears, if we look at the half full glass instead of the half empty one, saying, okay, there are risks, definitely, a lot of risks, and we need to take them very seriously, also on the political side. We have a responsibility, but the biggest responsibility we have is towards our kids, our next generation, and the digitalization is here doesn't matter what we do. Either it overcomes us or we're just forming ourselves. We can steer it. So love that. Up. Love that. You know, you one one last point I wanna I wanna mention just to recap what you mentioned before in terms of education, because obviously it's this is a huge point and it's extremely important to you as it is to me. Um and like like sometimes when we compare education to how innovative businesses um, it's a little bit like buying the cheapest car you can get and then trying to put in petrol for a, for an airplane because you think it's going to go that fast, right? Well, doesn't really work that well. Maybe, maybe invest in a vehicle that is at the same level as the petrol or as the fuel. So that, that's, that's kind of like what, what I take out of this in terms of education and in terms of the state yeah. of 1.0, 4.0. Well, let's align them and let's make sure we're on the same level and then, you know, um, draw the comparison. So um, last, last point, basically, if people want to learn more about um, the work you're doing, about what you're involved in, where you're heading and things like that, what are some of the sources that people can check out? I mean, obviously... Our webpage uh, and our social media, we're very strong on social media. This is also what opened us the globe. I mean, we, we were, I think, four months old. We were invited by the UN, by the operation of UN. We were invited to the UN headquarter in New York to attend the first intimate roundtable of all the global AI leaders uh, from Facebook, Ubeer, Airbnb, Morgan Stanley, Intel, you name it, they were there. And Andy and myself, as little Swiss cognitive, just started to shake up. <laughs> and that was, that was really interesting that through our communication, through social media, we attract people, we attract countries, we attract continents. We started... Uh, work together with uh, South Africa, with a guy who came up to us who is leading the uh, machine learning association uh, in South Africa because they're just facing total different uh, problems. And we had him virtually on stage telling us about South Africa and what we can learn from them and what they can learn from us. So you can check us out on our social media, on our webpage, contact us in person through LinkedIn or whatever. And the most important thing is, and don't take me wrong, we're not arrogant, but we're not looking for members paying member fees saying, I'm members with cognitive, I'm digital, because that's not the way it works. 
So we're always inviting the companies to attend one or twice at least with their people to make sure that it's on their page, that they feel comfortable because it's not about the money. It's about the human resources that you have to send. We want to see them on stage sharing their use cases, even though it's the first steps. Otherwise, there is no sense of contribution. Just to sit that. there and information gathering, it's not about information gathering, it's about sharing for success. And uh, so whenever a company feels comfortable or ready, sometimes the companies are not ready yet, and we, this is legitimate. You shouldn't burn your people, support them. And you said that very nicely with the fuel example. Sometimes you rather say, you know what, Dilit, I love your idea, but we're not going to be able to attend now. Then I'm going to say, great, you know what, let's talk whenever the time is ready. Yeah, I, yeah. Contribute. And uh, yeah, so we're inviting every, every company to send their people and to leverage the knowledge within the company, cross industry, around the globe, acting out of Switzerland, because Switzerland has a quality, has a Swissness, and this is also the reason why we're calling ourselves Swiss Cognitive. It's not that, it, it's not a nationalist, nationalistic uh, argument. It's actually showing that we're standing for the Swiss ecosystem that we would like to empower the Swiss ecosystem to build up the global AI hub acting globally, integrating everyone, every country and every institution. Taking responsibility, but it's building up the global AI hub in Switzerland, like the World Economic Forum. You love that, yeah. No, that's perfect. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your insights, your, your vision for, you know, Switzerland, what we can become if we do things uh, right, if we go in the right direction. So I really appreciate that. So once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much, Daniel. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Aligned Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you get full access to all the newly released episodes every Wednesday. Do you have any topics that you would like us to cover? Then send us an email to daniel at leadersbridge.org and we'll work on it. And if you'd like to learn more about our initiatives, for example, like the CEO Collaboration Day, head over to leadersbridge.org.